0: The number one thing is to practice, right? Mm -hmm. There's so many things where you can think of like how it looks in your head or like, I know how to use my phone, but actually going out and like spending a day to shoot a little bit.
1: On average, read 60 books per year. Many attribute their professional success to this persistent quest for new wisdom and innovative excellence. MentorBox makes it easy for you to develop that same high-achieving habit of lifelong learning. As a person of action, you know that true ingenuity is the result of deep, deep knowledge. And just by listening to this podcast, you are working toward your goals every single day. If you're ready to wholly embrace this mindset, this 1% better every day, then check in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new episodes. And if you want to dive deeper into the teachings of our guests, become a member at mentorbox.com today. There, you'll find hundreds of videos shot, overseen, and edited by Will Giovacchini, today's guest. That's right, everybody. I brought him into the studio instead of being behind the camera or monitoring our audio he's in here today as the guest of this podcast i was thinking the other day with jonathan coo we'd never actually spoken with anybody on the podcast about the nature of visual content we've had plenty of content creators a good number of artists but nobody's actually really addressed what visual language and video and photography represent and ways to practice and develop those skills i figured who better to do that than the guy who makes all the video for MentorBox himself. So today, Will and I talk about composition, we talk about visual language, we talk about how to practice taking photos and video, who to learn from, and where to further your skills if you wanna be a vlogger, photographer, or otherwise create video and photo content. Hope you enjoy this one, cheers. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Mentor Box Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Lay, content coordinator of Mentor Box, and today we're keeping things internal. I'm speaking with Will Jovakini. Yes, if you've listened to our previous podcasts or if you've seen any of our videos, You've probably seen or heard me or COO Jonathan refer to him as the guy behind the camera or the one listening to the conversations uh, as we speak. And he is our videographer, creative director, actually, and uh, audio man, too. So, Will, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey,
0: hey, it's great to show up for work. Yeah, I wear a lot of hats, so uh, nice to talk to everybody for once. This is what I
1: sound like. I'm not allowed to talk, usually. (laughs) Otherwise, we took off his muzzle. Uh, He only wears one hat. It's a black beanie. Don't let him lie to you. He's currently wearing headphones. He's still listening to the the conversation. I'm still monitoring. (laughs) Like, I'm still working right now. We still need somebody to make sure that it sounds good. And, of course, he's going to do his job there, too. But the reason that I'm speaking to him today is because I was thinking over the hundreds, some odd conversations that we've had on this podcast, the 75-ish that I've done and the more that Jonathan have done, we've never really had somebody who was truly artistically inclined. We've had folks who work, you know, on creative media and they make video content and that sort of thing, which is, of course, Will's primary responsibility. But none of them really have much background outside of that in terms of Art, we, that, should, you know, we should clarify we're not insulting anybody here. We're not trying to insult <laughs> anybody, but well, I should say we've never spoken with anybody who had any true artistic uh inclinations in terms of you know out, outside of the video that they make for their jobs. There, there are filmmakers and that sort of thing, but nobody's been you know a visual artist, a painter. Uh, some are photographers, but none of them. Uh, really address that from a creative standpoint. It was very much, you know, the business-centric type standpoint that we discussed. Yeah, I
0: I, I think, too, I should sort of preface here. Um, So I've been working as a videographer for the past five years, but I also went to art school. I'm one of those kids. Um, (laughs) I have a bachelor's in fine arts for film, but I originally started through illustration like 10 years ago my whole career path was actually to illustrate comic books. But, you know, 10 years ago, around 08, the economy wasn't so great. (laughs) Um, We could do anything back then. (laughs) uh, Yeah. And (laughs)
1: it
0: was like, it's a super saturated market even to this day, too, for illustrators. Um, And illustration went to storyboards. I would storyboard music videos and short films. And then from there that got me interested in pre-production, which got me interested into production. And then so many years later, here I am. But yeah, just to work in a creative field, it sometimes, especially for people who are working with creatives, it feels like you're, you know how in Spanish there's like (laughs) North American Spanish and then there's Spanish from Spain. And it's like, there's some words that just don't correlate with one another or some phrases that is sometimes kind of like how when you are talking with a creative or as a creative, especially talking to somebody else, Mm -hmm. you could be over technical. (laughs) (laughs) I, I find in this job too, that, um, some of the times when I say I'm trying to like, listen, say something about like a certain export or be too technical, you are speaking like, Man, I've seen, uh, sorry, Jonathan, I've seen just blank stares when it's just like, yeah, and then you have to export in this and you're like, mm, yes, but <laughs> uh, I'm only teasing them. It's they uh drift off. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one thing for a creative just to, there's a technical side to it, too that is actually sort of a gateway for people who aren't creative mm-hmm. to sort of learn about and step into.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. The actual specific reason that I wanted to have this conversation with you, Will, came from something that you told me related to comic books. So I'm glad you brought that up. But a while back we were discussing the fact that I was checking out some illustration courses on YouTube or something like that. And you told me that I should actually learn composition. And I knew the basics of sort of video and photo composition from my own film degree that I got, even though that was writing centric. But I then asked you, you know, where you kind of learned that. And you said from comic books. And that really sort of blew my mind. Like, there's, a, there's obviously a lot of initiative that you took in, you know, in consuming that medium and learning from it in that way. But just the fact that you said that right there and the fact that you have – you've learned the visual language, I guess. Because that is a thing, visual grammar, you know, video grammar, that sort of thing. That sort of exists – in a realm separate of a lot of the stuff that we talk about with the folks on this show in particular, even those who work with video or photo or creative media, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, and you speak on a bigger point of there are a lot of people these days, since we live in the age where Instagram is now one of the biggest social media platforms and ever, and Facebook is a company that's solely content-driven. mm mm-hmm. We're coming to a place now where the need for visual assets is probably greater than it's ever been in history, especially since we're right now having to compete with everybody else. Mm -hmm. Literally every
1: person competes with every other person because of what social media allows you to do.
0: And honestly, too, if you have a smartphone, you have access to a camera and a video uh, video camera now. Mm -hmm. Let me take that line again. And if you have a smartphone, you have access to a camera that takes uh, great photos and decent video. Yeah, it's a good camera. You know, there's there's definitely still that upward mobility of there's going to be camera phones that still aren't going to be as good as DSLRs. But for, you know, the common folk, it's like the most useful piece of technology ever. So a lot of people these days are getting more into video and photos and it's becoming more and more important for their workflow. If you're going to be somebody who needs to release a product or a lot of entrepreneurs like to release vlogs and there are certain principles that they need to learn suddenly where it's like, well, okay, I have a video. And I'm framing it like this. And it's just myself in my bedroom. Um,
1: Jump cuts, jump cuts.
0: Yeah. (laughs) uh, Suddenly I'm needing to learn, you know, what autofocus is, what like 1080p is, what, you know, framing is and this and that. And so going back to the comic books, one of the important things I learned just from an illustration background. And if you look at any like old painting, even modern paintings, you know, you get sort of like Andrew Pollock and they're all splatters and, Mm -hmm. you know, to each his own. But if you look towards, say the old paintings of like the Renaissance, you know, a lot of it had to deal with composition. So if you're doing a vlog, usually staying front and center is like really important, but there's going to be times where you're really going to have to show off your setting. You know, a lot of people travel these days or a lot of people go to events or they want to show off their office. And composition is one of the most important things to learn. And so if you really want to show that space and make it look great to the eye right off the bat, really focus on composition. Um, And that's just one little thing. I mean, that's the importance of video Mm -hmm. and photos right now is that You're going to have to now think of that, too, as you're thinking of all the other budgets that you need to do for, you know, the rest of your company.
1: Yeah. As you know, Will, I spent the last week in the U.K. with a good friend of mine who is an incredible computer scientist. Um, And he has a very serious theory that ultimately coding and like computer programming isn't actually a skill he kind of denies that that is a skill set and it's rather something it's it is language like coding on a computer is a form of language and ultimately because that can be recoded and decoded in certain ways in different ways which many programs are already doing that we'll get to a place where you know and anybody who has access to a computer will be able to create any sort of program or any sort of system that they want on a computer which is kind of the path that we've always been going you know the very first computers didn't have microsoft word on them that's you know now anybody who has access can type up a document and that sort of thing we're going in a direction where anybody can really do anything on a computer that's what my friend believes ultimately and therefore he he kind of thinks that you know computer scientists have a skill that isn't going, you know, it's, it's not a skill and therefore it's not going to last forever. And like that as a discipline, computer science as a discipline, isn't going to exist forever. It's going to lose value until everybody can do it. And then they're going to have to focus again on their sort of creative ideas as to, as what they can create through the tools that they're given instead of how to create the tools with the language that only they know. And I'm wondering if how you feel about, you know, video video and photo and that sort of thing from the same lens. Because what we're essentially saying right now is that everybody can take pictures and take video. Like almost literally every person has access to like a good enough camera to just capture their surroundings. And like in some cases at all times, if you're talking about like GoPros, like you can just capture your whole vacation basically through your own eyes. So I feel like we're moving in a similar direction that my friend, the computer scientist, feels with The visual language, which is ultimately everybody's going to be able to, you know, capture their surroundings visually. And everybody is going to learn composition naturally because of the saturation that we're all experiencing through the visual media. Do you see what I'm saying?
0: Um, I actually,
1: Ty would sometimes comment about this when he would come up here to the
0: San Francisco office. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been, I've had a few conversations with the video team down there as well. So... Using a phone is something that is pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. Think 10 years ago. We're actually... Here, let me let me say that differently. Think 20 years ago. So, like, just turn of the century. Mm-hmm. Uh, most professionals were still using film, you know? In our lifetimes, like, digital was not considered professional yet. Suddenly... Just this year, Nikon and Canon, which are the biggest camera manufacturers in the world, are releasing mirrorless bodies. And what that means is uh, it's a digital sensor, which is the same idea as through a camera phone, where a camera phone just uses a sensor, the optics of the lens, to take a photo. Back then, you know, you'd use mirrors and, you know, even further... Back with film cameras, you'd use a mirror to like reflect and have it—the image literally burn into, you know, like chemical paper. Right? It's becoming more accessible to the masses. Yeah. Um, I kind of relate it to like fast food, right? Where with the introduction <laughs> I'm of to hear this. okay, so with the introduction of fast food, you have everybody can now go out and buy a cheeseburger. So, cheeseburgers are now becoming commonplace.
1: Yeah.
0: You, I mean, means more mouths are fed for way cheaper, but you're still always going to have, you know, a lobster
1: at a five star restaurant. Sure. It's a quality, (laughs) like, there is a a disparateness of quality, essentially. Yeah.
0: And,. I think a lot of the listeners here, before I like lose the thread on you, because stop me if I ramble, but you can't. (laughs) You have a camera phone, but you are already competing with 10 years of vloggers. You're already competing with Ty Lopez, people who are already working within the medium. It's going to take a lot more to stand out. So just because you have a camera set up on a tripod in your room, say there's just a blank white wall behind you, You're going to need to do something extra in order to really get people's attention. If you're going to take a photo of your workspace or what you're doing, you got to have an idea of how to really show that off to stand, stand from the crowd on Instagram. You know, there's I mean, I'm not perfect. Like I'm still learning the art myself in terms of like I mean, and that's what every good creative does is like, they never say that they're really an expert because they're always learning. Mm-hmm. And that's how you gotta think of this too. So I think a good transition point, like, cause I wanna talk about like applicable things here. Some of you are probably already, you know, well-versed in taking photos. Most of you are, I'd be surprised if you weren't. And there's probably a good chunk of you who actually do have a camera some kind, whether that's a DSLR, like a smaller body, maybe a camcorder. I would maybe even say like a small fraction of you have had access to like a bigger camera before, right? There are a few key takeaways I would say when you are starting your own video content. Uh, First is really know how to use your camera. Always test it out all the time. I'm continuously testing out new equipment. I'm continuously like actually buying bodies and like messing with them like I've, like even today. Lens came in the mail. <laughs> a lens came in the mail. I, I bought a fisheye lens just to test it out because it, it might look cool for a point of view sort of shot, right? So that that's something that you really need to do. if Because with a phone camera, it's very passive, but there's still like a lot of settings. Like you can say like a slow-mo shot. Nothing will make a video look a little bit more professional than if you put a little bit of slow-mo in there. (laughs) And that's where you get into like your your frames per second, right? So most things are shot on on either 24 or 30. That's what the human eyes used to. Mm -hmm. When you shoot to 60, that's when you start watching footage and you're like, wow, that looks kind of smooth. That looks sort of smooth. And then if you're, you know, watching The Hobbit where it was shot on like some crazy frame rate, it's like... Where it's like, all right, now this looks like a soap opera. <laughs> so, yeah, like even knowing that too and incorporating that, that's really important. Some cameras, like a, if you have like an older phone, maybe you can't actually do slow-mo. If you're shooting in standard definition or if you're shooting in 4K, that's totally different. So really understanding that. And I'd also say another thing too. When you're watching a vlog or if you're watching another video you know we're in this age where we're used to seeing footage off of a phone yeah we're used to like watching
1: Ty talk you know key vlogs all the time um we're literally used to wa- watching it on our phones Like so we see it on the phones and it's usually it will, a lot of the time it's created by phones as well but our, our main consumption of video is probably on our phones at this point Hey, I hate to interrupt this conversation with Will Giovacchini, but if you want to watch the videos that Will has helped create for MentorBox, be sure to become a member at MentorBox.com today. All right, back to the show.
0: You might even see a news article every now and then of a film that goes to a festival and its whole pitch is like, oh, it was shot on like an iPhone 6. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it looks amazing, you know, like (laughs) something crazy like that. So we're used to that. It's almost like when you watch like a old movie or like off of a VHS or something like we're, we're used to that look now, maybe back in the day when it was just starting out, looked crazy and weird, but don't ever feel down. I guess what I'm trying to say that if your footage doesn't look as good as something shot on a cinema camera, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it takes time to build up and it, Uh, equipment list you know it takes time to like build up bodies and you know if you even want to even have that interest to even go down that path because most of the time for an entrepreneur if you're to shoot off your phone just vlog style that's totally fine
1: that's totally needed you don't need a five thousand dollar camera to shoot that but for those who are doing that and who or those who want to begin doing that and at this point you know creating that content off of a phone is Pretty much something that everybody does. If you have any sort of a social media account and if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably in some way interested in brand development and, you know, personal brand development. So I feel like everybody listening, you know, is probably has created, you know, video and photo content with their phones. So how do you advise that somebody learns uh you know the basics of composition and and visual language for using their phone? I mean, I assume that there's a lot of rules that are essentially uniform no matter what device you're using. But what's the best way to learn that? I mean, you have a, a photography Instagram account. I feel like if people follow those kinds of accounts, they can learn a lot, right? Well, it,
0: you touch on something that's sort of like a secret lesson in mm-hmm. art schools where you should try to, if you see something that you really like, whether it's a photo or a video, mm-hmm. try to copy it. Yeah. So don't, obviously don't plagiarize, right? But There's certain methods and there's certain techniques that people use that you might enjoy and you should try them out. So say if there is a lot of slow motion and it's like, oh, it's slow motions like from them dropping off like a waterfall into a pool. Right. You know, like you can experiment on your own level, but try to like replicate different techniques and different camera angles that you see. The number one thing is to practice, right? Mm -hmm. There's so many things where you can think of like how it looks in your head or like I know how to use my phone. But actually going out and like spending a day to shoot a little bit or um, if there's a vlog that you like, just try to vlog yourself. Just sort of write down how they structure it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, hey, they wake up. They have some like lo-fi hip-hop as they're like skateboarding through the city. I might be referencing another, like a very famous vlogger there, but like, <laughs> or like Gary V. So Gary V has a very particular way of vlogging. And so some of you guys might have sort of like a one-on-one or a QA and a if you're running a business or if you're running your own side hustle that you want to try to do. Sort of like try to replicate that and just experiment, right? Um, once you experiment and you actually see how they do it not only will it get you more familiar with how to use the tools of the trade but you'll also start to find what you actually like and that's when you start developing your own style Mm -hmm. so you got to have like a bar for entry somewhere right and not all of us are going to go to film school to do it so just try to like find something replicated I mean like you have all these kids who are making short films based on, like, Quentin Tarantino scenes that they enjoy, right? Like, you have, you know, people who are replicating photos that they find on Instagram. If you... There's actually, like, Instagram profiles that actually make compilations of all... (laughs) I was going to bring that up, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, shoot. Hold on. Let me try to find it. But there's, like, Instagram compilations of people just replicating the same shot of like oh it's their girlfriend like holding their hand as she's like walking out to a beach or something you know or like here's here's my
1: feet sticking out of a tent you know, there's, there's a lot of copycats out there, but and I assume some of them don't even know that they're copying because they again, there are just so many people with phones doing cool things. Yeah. And I mean, there's like a certain, it's like aesthetically pleasing too, you
0: know, yeah. like these shots. So there's a reason why they're so popular and those are shots that you need to try out and really get a feel for it. So I'm speaking a lot for the argument for a phone. Um, I would say you have to know the drawbacks, though. These are the cons of a phone. When you're using a phone, just be aware that your image still won't look great on, like, a bigger screen. So just know where phone footage lies in terms of, like, um, social media. So for Instagram, for Instagram stories, especially Instagram stories, but, you know, if you're going to... Like, settle for that, then that's fine. Like, even Facebook ads, right? Like, Alex still uses his phone for Facebook ads and they do wonders. There's a lot of response and a lot of positive feedback to that. So, you know, I would say that's still okay, but there's going to be certain things too where, say, for broadcasting, right? Um, this is going to be sort of technical, but bitrate is a thing. Um, Actually, I'm, I'm going to stop right there. That's, I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> so I would say just know that there's a certain like professional look mm-hmm. that a decent camera will have that a phone doesn't. Phones have automatic settings. They're pretty bad in low light. So doing anything at night is pretty bad. And another point I just want to touch on too is sound. So, yeah, it it's different if we were to record this conversation from our phone versus these mics that we're using. Right. Yeah. So um, as another important takeaway from this is when you guys are shooting your own things, like uh, when you guys are shooting your own videos, just be sure to have like a good mic with you. And there's mics that you can buy on Amazon that connect right into a phone that you can use. There is obviously the more higher end, like you can buy a sound recorder and buy a microphone separately. A lavalier mic is really great for um, people who are working solo. And just to show like a little behind the scenes, uh, a lot of our content, both Alex and Ty's, sure they're shot on a phone, but uh, a lot of the time there is a microphone connected uh, somewhere um i'd say not for most of uh ties like instagram videos and some of alex's posts mm-hmm. but if they're time allowed um it's preferable to have microphone sound to those mm-hmm. and that's another thing too like when you are y- using a phone like using it is native as soon as you shoot it you could release it mm-hmm.
1: but if you have time put a little extra love into it yeah, and there, there is a certain, I think, almost psychological phenomenon where we, we associate a certain quality of sound and a quality of visuals, especially when we're, we're watching on our phone, for something that we will actually continue watching. And when we see a video that, you know, as we're scrolling through Instagram and somebody's voice sounds like it's hollowed out in a room... I think we're, like, significantly more likely to just keep scrolling by that. And that's that's just audio alone. I think that's a huge thing. If you can't immediately understand what the person is saying, you're much less likely to be like, I don't, I'm not worried about it because of the rate at which we consume the content and just scroll these days.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, okay, hold on. So, like, I could, like, <laughs> this is an example of me, like, talking away from the microphone, like, hey, guys, what's up? Uh, my name is Will. This is my vlog. How's it going? So if you had to hear that <laughs> for an hour or, you know, five, even five minutes, that gets... A bit more energetic because you have to shout into it from far away. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's a, you know, that's a positive for that. But <laughs> just as the last thing, because we got to wrap here up here pretty soon is when you're using a phone, keep using it. Mm-hmm. You know, there are plenty of resources out there. YouTube is the most affordable film school you can get. But also, I mean, there's plenty of resources for composition. There's plenty of resources to get technical readouts uh, for different cameras. Um, There are apps for your phone where you can actually uh, circumvent the automatic settings and use it manually and just play with those. Get yourself a decent mic. Get yourself a tripod. Get yourself a vision, whether that is trying to replicate something um, don't copy. Don't try to pretend it's your own. But go out there and find your voice and make sure, you know, the record button's on.
1: And if people want to copy your work and, and learn from you, how do, how do they find more about you? Well, you have a website now, right?
0: Uh, my website's under construction right
1: now. <laughs> Promote it. Come on.
0: Prom- I will say this. Um, I guess if you guys want to see some more of uh, my visual work, and I sometimes do camera tests as well, just like quick footage tests. Uh, my Instagram is wjovi, WGIOVI. W-G-I-O-V-I. Um, so that's where I just mess around and post a lot of my more visual work. Um, otherwise, I will always be behind the camera at MentorBox. Box. <laughs>
1: All of the video is largely a product of Will's oversight or direct editing as well. So if, you're, you're already seeing him. If
0: work, you probably. somehow made it past my rambling, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, this this is not a usual thing for me. So uh, there's a reason why I'm behind the camera. Uh,
1: this, this was important to get all that info about video and photos out there. We really haven't had anybody talk about that yet. And that's why I wanted to bring you on.
0: So. Yeah, I mean, it, there's... There's plenty more to talk about. um, But for you guys starting out with a phone or with your own DSLR, just know how to use it and get that vision. That's all I can say.
1: Cool. All right. With that, we will wrap it up. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. We will catch you on the next episode. Cheers. Cheers.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the MentorBox Podcast. If you want to learn more about what our authors as well as all of our authors teach, make sure to sign up at mentorbox.com. If you like the MentorBox Podcast, please leave us a positive rating and review in Apple Podcasts as that helps us get discovered by more people who will enjoy and be helped by what we do over here at MentorBox. Also, if you think of anyone who would enjoy or be helped by what we do here at MentorBox, be sure to let them know. We do what we do at MentorBox to try to make the world a better place through the incredible education our authors bring. And we can only do that through your help. So please help us spread the word. Again, thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the next MentorBox podcast.